We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. E. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Teacher Cast Podcast, coming to you live from the birthplace of Rocky Balboa in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with your host, Jeff Bradbury. Welcome, everybody, to the episode two of the Principal Cast Podcast, hosted by Teresa Stagger, Jessica Johnson, and myself, Dr. Spike Cook. Principal Cast is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in education leadership. For more information, please visit www.principalcast.com. There are many different ways that you can contact Principal Cast. Besides our website, we have an email at it's info at principalcast.com. You can follow the hashtag at hashtag PrincipalCast. And we're on Twitter as at PrincipalCast. We have weekly discussions and updates. And we are really happy to have everybody here this week. Episode, episode two of the Principal Cog Podcast uh, <laughs> is uh, making sure that we are keeping principals connected and learning together. If you have show ideas, we have a Google Doc that we will be sharing with you. Um, later on, or you can always tweet us or have any questions, you can, inf you can email us. So the first thing we're going to do is discuss what's been happening. We're going to start with Jessica Johnson, and Jessica, if you could just share with us a little bit of what's been going on with your week. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, my week was has, is now surviving with Kleenex and, and cough drops because you two got me sick somehow on Boxer. I don't know how that works. I'm still trying um, to figure out how that's even possible. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I don't no. doubt that it happened. <laughs> just, you know, getting through another week of map testing, surviving homecoming. Um, and I just wanted to share that next week I will probably not be on the podcast because I'm going to be um, arriving in Indiana. Um, Amber Tiemann and I are joining Todd Whitaker, um, and we're speaking at the Indiana Principal Leadership Institute. So I'm going to ask for your help, everybody, um, to follow that hashtag next Monday, IPLI, as we try to get all of those principals on Twitter and connected. Yes. 
Very cool. Uh, what's been happening in your world, Teresa? Um, well, I think I started the sickness wagon. <laughs> I gave it to Jessica and Spike throughout the week. But um, my week's been pretty good. I Well, it started off really horribly. Uh, we didn't, I walked into school on Monday with the teachers flipping out because we didn't have internet. And normally that's not a huge deal except that we don't have phone lines in our classrooms because the building is so old. So we use iChat to message or iMessage to go back and forth between the classrooms. So not having internet is, you might as well just go ahead and cut off all communication to the rest of the world. So I spent a couple days doing that. But after that ended, um, we had, I, I just found out our, our, our um, iPads will be delivered on Thursday, so that's really exciting. And then uh, I, I was able to, we had a professional development session on Friday with the entire, uh, we're through the archdiocese we have because I'm at a Catholic school. And it was a great, um, a great session on Common Core. So that was exciting. But that's about it. Very cool. Um, as for me, I had, uh, I guess it was a, a busy week. It's, I guess, our second full week of, uh, of school here in New Jersey. Um, we had back to school night earlier this week, which I thought was a big hit. I really enjoyed back to school night. Uh, it's an opportunity for the parents to come out and interact with the uh, teachers. We had a lot of cool things to show off this year, uh, which we, we focused on innovation. And I shared a lot of the information that um, I shared here on the podcast last week with the parents. And um, they were excited. They loved our new videos uh, and some of the other things that have been happening over the summer, like our renovated uh, cafeteria, gym floor, Wi-Fi throughout the building, uh, new computers in the computer lab. So we had a lot to show off. We were very proud. And uh, you know, the teachers enjoyed themselves. Although it is a long, long night. Um, I think overall everything went really well. Uh, we had our we had an assembly this week. Uh, we had a gentleman come in to talk to the kids about uh, the fundraisers that go on and the safety that you need to um, implore when you're going out uh, and soliciting, um, you know, the fundraising materials. The kids really liked, you know, all the different uh, the toys and stuff that they could get and. One of those things was that, you know, that's like that ball thing. It has a little electricity going through it. And, of course, during the assembly, I grabbed it and pretended like I was getting electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that, that, that was pretty cool. Um, and then uh, we are rolling out a new reading program. We actually got picked to do a uh, pilot uh, for the uh, reading program Reading Street through Pearson. Oh, and, cool. Um, yeah, dare I say I'm a huge Pearson fan, um, but I will definitely say that this has been a monumental task because uh, at first we were just going to do resources, and now it's you know it's full tilt. We are trying to use the program with as much fidelity as possible to research to see if it'll be something that'll impact the rest of our district. So um, you know that was like I said a busy week, um, a lot of time spent in my office getting things together. Um, and not as much out and about as, as I'm hoping this week will be. So um, as we normally transition into the question from the newbie, as we uh, dubbed Teresa, when you listen to Teresa speak, it's like you don't think that she's a newbie, but we <laughs> she is in her only her second or third week of being a principal. That's so, the truth. Um, we're not really going to go with a necessary question from her, but one of the discussions that she brought up 
during the week uh, when we and we utilize Voxer all the time is to um, you know discuss with with everybody you know social media for school communication with with parents and community and, and I think that's where we're going to be going with this tonight so um, Jess did you want to kind of touch on that and talk with everybody about how you're utilizing uh, social media to connect with parents and community at your school Sure. Um, I have a, we have a school Facebook page and I just post things um, throughout the week, um, informational. Um, not a whole lot. And, and I landed on Facebook because I did a, actually a survey of our, our parents and none of them circled Twitter. They were, they're all on Facebook. And I definitely get more interaction from parents um, via Facebook. Um, I, I'm positive that more of them read what's on Facebook than the newsletters that we send home. Um, so we're not huge on what we have for social media. It's just the Facebook there. Um, there are a few student groups that also have their own Facebook page. Um, uh, Teresa's really become the whiz at, at using all kinds of social media tools for her parents. <laughs> we, we had a, it's, I, I was going to bring this up later in the, um, later in the podcast, but we actually had um, today, in fact, just before the podcast started, I had to start pulling some, pulling our social media out. We had our, our back parking lot repaved and they were filling the cracks and then repaving the, the parking lot. And they were supposed to do it Friday way to professional development day. So we weren't in the building and then Saturday and Sunday, and they were supposed to have it done by Saturday at four o'clock so that it would be okay for mass. But we had huge rains here on Friday. And so it was delayed. So we had to change our drop off pickup procedure for tomorrow morning uh, because it was supposed to be done. And so I sent out, we have something called school reach, which is through power school. Um, if you use power school for your attendance slash grading, et cetera, but school reach, allows you to send a message to all of your parents, any of your stakeholders, anybody who is on this. It's kind of like a Remind 101, except you add them to the list, and you can send out an email, a phone call, a text message all at once, and then it shows you who's received it, who hasn't. So we sent that out, and then I sent an email, or I put it on the website and on our Facebook page, and then I sent an email to the staff and to the school board and said, please make sure that you share the Facebook status on all of your pages because we can't have parents driving into the parking lot tomorrow. They're going to get stuck. It's not dry yet. So um, if, you, if you have PowerSchool and you don't have the School Reach, school reach program, it's definitely something to look into. It's, it's a very nominal fee per student per year, but it's, we've used it twice already, and it's so, so worth it. So, Teresa, um, do you have any policies or guidelines that you have to follow through your district in regards to social media and, um, you know, specifically Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of stuff? We have, um, you know, it's because we're in the archdiocese, it's a little bit different because we're a Catholic school. So we don't have a school board or a, or a district. Um, the only thing that we have to be careful of is any of the questions or any of the, sorry, I was reading the chat. <laughs> Simon said it was a good question, Spike. Um, any, we send out a waiver at the beginning of the year. All the parents have to say that it's okay for their, well, they don't have to say that it's okay for them to be put on the school reach. They have to opt out if they don't want to be a part of it. And then we also have a thing that goes home 
for the students and it's in the registration packet and at the very bottom it says whether or not we can use their names um, for I can't remember what the top what the what the bottom one is but the first one is being able to use their pictures for promotional material social media etc so they say yes or no and we have I want to say there's at least one student in every class that we can't use their picture um, for for you know one reason or another so we have the teachers know who that is and we have it posted in the office so that we make sure that those never go out but um, other than that we don't really have anything archdiocese wide yeah Teresa ours is very similar and actually Simon Miller just asked that question about how do you handle um, now the chats going so fast how do you deal with um, social media or the comments on Facebook and then the ones that opt out for social media and ours right. it sounds like our form is very similar um, actually we copied from some other district and I can't think of which one right now um, and, it, and it is very general like it, you know it lists quite a few things but when they sign it and return it it's opting out of anything really um, and this was the first year that we did that where it's you know listed all of those things um, and so some parents like right away were like sending it back because they're so used to you know signing everything so right. then I made this quick little slip that says um, you know just making sure basically that this is if you do not want your child's picture and then right. so we stapled it and sent them all back home and it only got about 15 for the whole school back yeah. and so um, the way that I handled that is because I'm I'm taking a lot of pictures and putting them on Facebook all the time I had right. um, my secretary type that up in a Google Doc for me so that way I always have it wherever I'm at um, and then I can just see you know which which kids are on there um, and not not include them in the pictures and then um, Simon also asked about how to handle um, Facebook comments which we talked about this last week and yeah the three of us have talked about this extensively on Voxer and dealing with comments <laughs> um, I've recently had this issue um, and it's just um, you know uh, we we have a page set up so parents can't just post anything they have to respond in a comment to a picture or a status update um, but I had a parent who was um, I'm not sh I'm thinking probably didn't realize the difference between sending me a direct message and posting things uh, for everybody to see um, because I was getting them both ways so I actually hid the comments and then had a conversation with her about you know this page is for informational purposes um, if you have a concern send that direct message to right. me not post it on the on the Facebook page for everybody yeah I mean I, I look at like our foray into social media and it's been like probably within the last two or two and a half years uh, that we've been looking at that in our district and my my superintendent is uh, super progressive uh, you know he's on Twitter he's on fa Facebook he's um, he's blogging you know and he's also gone to you know a lot of the major conferences to listen to uh, various speakers and so his philosophy is to keep it as open as possible so there are not there they're not like specific uh, policies or board policies that we have uh, because he he and I actually attended a session uh, with Steve Anderson who basically said that most of your uh, existing policies will um, you know be suffice when you're looking at social media so for instance you guys talked about like the kids uh, getting their pictures taken and whatnot. So we previously had a media release file. So like if the Daily Journal or a local newspaper came to uh, take pictures, we would know what kids were working out on, the, you know, on that list. Um, 
I personally took that a step further because we do a lot like on our blog, our Facebook and Twitter and um, just took that to the next level. And now we have a lot of teachers who are doing the same thing. So um, <clears throat> I just put a, you know, sort of a appendix on there to say, you know, we, we will be releasing it in these specific areas, which are YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, um, you know, any of the major ones. And uh, most of the time, everyone, you know, is okay with that. There's a, there's a few, like you guys said, like maybe in every class. And the teachers are cognizant of that. I mean, I saw, uh, like, for instance, the other day I was in class and we were doing a video uh, in one of my fourth grade classes, and there were three kids that were on that list. So um, they were just sort of taken out of the shot a little bit. And then later on, <clears throat> they were part of it. But it was like their backs were to the camera, and so right. or they were holding the camera. So the teacher was really uh, cognizant of that, wanted to make sure that they're part of that. But I think most parents, like when if they're if they're asked, it's funny if they're asked uh, to be in the newspaper, they're good with that. Uh, yeah. I think social media, it's a little bit different, um, but I, I certainly think that um, you know the way that our superintendent looks at this and the way that he works with the board is that we really haven't had, you know, a lot of those issues. And if we do, it's dealt with in a more of a learning aspect, you know, like let's not, you know, let's not shut everything down just because we've had a problem on social media. Right. Spike, there's some really good conversation happening in the chat room. So I want to jump in. Um, you know, we discussed about the, the certain people that can't, you know, that say no, that their students, you know, their children can't be. Sometimes it is a, um, sometimes it's an issue with a custody battle, things like that, where the kids just can't be, you know, the, there's a problem where one parent has full custody and the other, you know, I mean, sometimes it's a big legal issue, but sometimes, you know, like you said, it's just, a, it's a fear of not knowing. Peggy says, um, I've heard Kathy Cassidy talk about how she handles that with her first, oh no, Every time you guys add something in the chat box, it goes back to you. <laughs> no, I had that same problem. <laughs> I've heard Kathy Cassidy talk about how she handled it with her first grade parents, and they always approve once they see actual examples and know how she supervises, monitors, and uses it. And that's totally true because it is um, – it's once people see – I even had – I had a, a, I had parents in my office um, the other day asking about how we use it. And once they understood that, you know, we're sharing student work, we're just trying to show what happens in the classroom – they're more than about to do it. Um, Peggy says, um, same thing. Some are just afraid they really don't understand. Simon Miller says, I feel, oh, geez, sorry. Simon says, he feels strongly about this topic because student work and achievement needs to be shared. And that's absolutely true. Um, Paula, Paula Noggle came into the chat room and says, Peggy had one of our, had one parent one time refused to sign a release to allow her daughter to live tweet from a field trip. The parents chaperoned the field trip, and when she saw the event in action, rushed up to me and asked if she could sign the permission. Unfortunately, it was too late as all the slots had been filled, but parents' fear definitely changed. Um, and those are some really, those are really, really good questions. And I think, yeah. like, when you, when you take a look at this, like, and then there's even the, the other fear, like, uh, I don't know if you guys have this, but we're in a rather large district, so there's also the fear of the administrators or teachers getting involved in this. So early on, when I call it like the wild, wild west of our school district, there was a couple people that jumped on, and actually one of the vice principals got hacked somehow, some way. Oh. Her, her Twitter account got hacked, and the superintendent was amazing about it because he knew that she wouldn't post these things, you know, and um, 
so they tried to you know go through find out who it was they weren't able to were able to shut the Twitter um, account down and he also was you know trying to tell her like you know just because this happens one time that doesn't mean that you should give up on all social media social media is not bad you know so once again I feel like we're working in a in a um, environment where uh, the superintendent is trying to look at this as a learning experience as opposed to um, you know sort of a gotcha or one problem happens and we close everything down. Have you guys ever had anything like that or anyone that you've known um, that's had, you know, problems with, uh, you know, their ha uh, account getting hacked or anything like that? I never have, but I remember, Spike, your blog <laughs> post, like, I don't remember, a year and a half ago or something <laughs> with all the things you encountered, and I just died laughing reading, like, the, you know that when you know when somebody hacks into your account I mean unless you're a Twitter newbie like Spike was at that time that <laughs> yeah, you know look at these horrible pictures of you on Facebook or people are talking about you over here and like Spike freaked out about <laughs> who's saying bad stuff um, about him and I guess I just I knew that right away so I get those DMs all the time and I just ignore them but unfortunately that's when people get hacked and right yeah. <laughs> That that's one of my favorite blog posts. And, like. and all of a sudden, all of your all of your parents and stakeholders that are following your Twitter account are being sent information on how to lose weight in 14 days. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I am glad you brought that up, Jessica, because I was thinking about an, another situation happened. But yeah, I got a, a DM from Matt. I think it was Matt Renwick. Uh, and you gotta trust Matt Renwick. Yeah, but I was new to it. So, but it was like it was one of those things. Like, hey. They're saying really mean things about you. I'm like, really? And I go <laughs> click the link, and then it was blocked by my organization. And then we went through this whole thing, and we got IT involved, and they were like, oh, that is a bad link and a bad place, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I, it was like somewhere in Russia, of course, you know? And um, yeah, but there was like a good 20 minutes there where I'm thinking, oh, why did I get involved in this? Like, I'm so glad you reminded me of that. And then I actually called Matt on the phone. I'm like, is everything all right? Oh, so, poor Spike. Yeah. And, I did, and then I blogged about it too, you know. But I think that also happened to uh, Chris Wedger. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys follow him, but um, there was something that happened with him. And I remember him um, uh, blogging about that as well. So. Anyway, um, so uh, Teresa, do you have anything else that some people are asking about? Well, I, here's a question that came up today um, from Jeff um, about whether when a school is having a Facebook account, should all of the clubs and activities have access to that one Facebook account or should they have separate Facebook accounts, um, which I just thought was an interesting um, topic, yeah. and I'll just share up my opinion that um, which isn't right or or wrong. It just really depends on what your school and your community wants. But I'm just thinking that um, if you have a lot of teams or groups that are going to be sharing information to that Facebook page, it parents might get bombarded with the amount of things being shared um, versus if you know they just want to follow the football team's Facebook page and just the you know whatever Facebook right. page, then they'll only get the things that they want versus if it was everybody sharing onto that one and if there's too much information, they might stop checking it. Yeah, we, yeah. 
we have a um, like I said, you know, it's a rather large district, so there's 11 different schools. So you can imagine, you know, all the different departments and all the different uh, activities and stuff that are going on. And right now, it's not regulated in the sense that we have one particular way of doing things. Uh, it's very much left open to each of the principals uh, or you know clubs or you know how, however you want to uh, frame it. So um, we have our own Facebook page. Uh, it's monitored by, uh, there's about three or four of us that are monitoring that so we can post as that Facebook page or ourselves. Um, and it's usually those uh, teachers who are the ones that are blogging and they want to get their blog posts out. Um, I don't use it too much for announcements and stuff because honestly a lot of our parents aren't necessarily on it as much um, as we're trying to like kind of share everything you know throughout the world. But my, my take on that is that I, I like it that way uh, as opposed to having one you know major you know Facebook page for I mean there's there's 2,000 different staff in our district. Um, all the different schools. I mean, I just think after a while, if one you know sort of governing Facebook account, I, I just think it would limit our our freedom to uh, kind of respond to our consumers. I don't know. What do you think, Teresa? You know, I yeah. We you know we have when I was in um, when I was in the district that I was in before, we had a Facebook page for every single. Um, but it was a really large school. We had a big district. There were 2,200 kids in the school. So we had one for band. We had one for sports. We had, I mean, it was everything. Whereas the school that I'm in now is very small, and we have one Facebook page that brings student activities, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on it. And I, you know, I, I understand Jess's point, and I agree with it, because once there's too much information, people stop to check. However, it, like in our school, it makes so much more sense to have it all in one place because when it gets, just like when we had all the chat windows last week, when there are too many places to continue checking, you just don't want to check anything because it becomes, it becomes too difficult to try to figure out, you know, like tonight when there was something wrong, we had to get the information out before school started. Do you put it on all of the pages? Do you just put it on one of the pages? Do you put, you know, it's, it's, it becomes difficult if you need to get information out quickly to make sure that everyone gets it. Um, I do want to throw in a couple of things that are happening in the chat room right now. Um, Paula is saying that trying to figure out why the school district had each school create a Facebook and a Twitter account, but they blocked them at school. And that is, um, that's something that actually we, we dealt with in the school that I was in before. Jess just asked if teachers can access Twitter and Facebook. The school that I was at we couldn't access, we could access the same things that the students could access. And there was no Twitter, no Facebook, no WordPress, no edgy blogs, no nothing. And the reason that I was given was that anything that would allow the students to communicate with each other would be blocked. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Well, what, what, and and right. we're dealing with that, uh, I mean, we're dealing with that in a way that it is about educating, I think, the IT department because, mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of times I have to take on that role as, you know, wait, this should be open, this should be open, you know. And, uh, you know, right now the the social networking is not open right now to the kids, but it is for the teachers and the administration. IT's uh, explanation for a while was that it was just supposed to be only open for the administration. So I, th I found that, that really troublesome because... Um, I was on a teach. I was working with a teacher, and we were prepping for a PLC meeting. 
and we went on uh, Pinterest, it was blocked. We went on SlideShare, it was blocked. And I'm like, this goes on? Like, this is your, like, I thought it was all open. So it had to, once again, it had to go up above IT into the superintendent who said, I, I've never said that that should be blocked, you know. Um, so IT, I think, and a lot of times what they do is they say, well, we're talking about bandwidth, we're talking about usage and all this and, other kind of stuff. And, and what I've learned is, is you need to just keep in mind that they're IT people, they're, they're not, and I'm totally generalizing, just from talking with other districts and, and going through this battle too, because we had everything under the sun blocked as well, but they, you know, they know the laws for what students should be able to have access to and what they shouldn't um, in terms for you to get your whatever funding that is, I can't remember. Um, and they look at bandwidth, they, um, they're concerned about the school getting in trouble. So I spent many years trying to con continuously sharing the information on why social media is valuable for staff learning, for sharing the communication with parents. Um, and, and it took, um, you know, sharing information from other great people, even though I was saying the same thing, when Eric Scheninger says it, it, it means more. Or, you know, when we went to the Slate conference and they heard other people saying it, it, it meant more than just me saying it. So it, for me, it took several years of, of constantly sharing that information to us to get to this point. But, um, yeah, Paula, I mean, that's, I kind of laughed when I saw that you said Facebook is, you have a school Facebook and Twitter account, but it's blocked for the staff. I would just keep asking those questions. Why is it blocked? Um, you know, is, are you concerned that staff are going to abuse it? Because then, you know, maybe the staff need to be educated on on what the use is for it. And, um, you know, I myself as a principal said, if any of my staff are abusing that, then I will deal with that. But I trust my staff to be professionals and, you know, let them have access to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're, and, and I'm so glad that Paula's on. I love Paula. I did a uh, post on her, uh, you know, this summer, and she's such an awesome woman. And Paula missed you at the Bammies. I, I, that's the first time I met you was last year, and I saw that you were there this year, so I hope you had a great time. Um, but yeah, they should be listening to Paula. I mean, come on. But you're right, though, Jessica. Sometimes we do need to have those uh, resident experts um, like Eric Schenzer or uh, Steven Anderson or whatever that can come in and say the things that, you know, that we've been saying so that everyone can, um, you know, sort of get along and say, okay, well, the expert says it's okay. All right. Um, one other question. I was just laughing at Craig Young talking about needing the sanity to play Candy Crush while connected to Facebook during downtime. I'm so glad you said that because I'm hopelessly addicted to that stupid game. Um, anyways, okay. Um, one other um, question is that the concept of tweeting the morning announcements um, was mentioned on the Tech Educator oh. show. Um, any thoughts? I do know of, bless you. Grab Bless your Kleenex. You. See, oh, that's how I got sorry. sick. You sneezed into Boxer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Unacceptable. Um, Unacceptable. We, and I'm just speaking, um, knowing a district that is just down the road from us, they went to BYOD in their high school, and many of their um, teachers and administration, everybody got on Twitter, and they have gone to tweeting out, um, you know, the, the lunch lady tweets out the lunch menu, and the um, teachers tweet out the homework and any other announcements are tweeted out and their their kids you know at lunchtime they've got their phones out but they're like checking Twitter and and they're checking a lot of the school announcements so um, I just thought that was really cool that they were doing that because
because you know if you're a BYOD school, um, your kids all probably have smartphones anyways. What a great way to meet them because quite honestly, when when the announcements are going on, they're not listening to them. Nope, no, they're not. The one thing that we just found with our new web filtering system, and uh, like so, we have Wi-Fi in our building. But if you are bringing in your own device, even as a staff member. Um, you cannot access the same things as if you are accessing it from a uh, district supplied either laptop or uh, desktop. So um, right now that's the new battle where a lot of my teachers are saying, wait, I just took a picture, I wanted to throw it up on Twitter and that's and it, it's blocked. And I'm like, well, they have very specific policies now based on this new web filtering system that really limit the amount of things that a quote-unquote guest or, or a device that's not supported by the district can do. So then there's that. Um, so are there any other questions before we uh, move on? We're at the 30-minute uh, mark here. Yeah, so, uh, I think um, Paula says she, she does things first and then tells her admin the success stories after she's done it. Um, tweeting, Skyping, blogging. She just jumped in and did it, and then um, and then explained to admin afterwards. And she said, but you can override those filters for specific sites if your district administration supports it. She also said, um, I think it's more than hearing it from the experts regarding what you were talking about, Jess. The experts can provide stories and examples of how they're doing it and how it's working, but how they manage those concerns. That is what is reassuring. Mm -hmm. I also got a tweet from. Bill Brannick, who is coach at Coach B0066 on Twitter, and he says that my school has two primary pages, his page and the school page. They use both to make announcements and provide information. So thank you for, I'm going to make sure to tweet him right now. Well, you know, it's interesting, the, the information part, because um, after Sandy Hook Elementary uh, situation happened, uh, which are actually closing in on the year anniversary of that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I do remember uh, we would have some different meetings to reflect on all that. And one of the things they said uh, about me and as the leader of the building is they're like, you're so open and honest with all the uh, information that you put out there. Um, and we think that's great for the parents because like on our blog, we have a weekly you know, overview. So they'll say, they'll say um, perhaps you don't need to put where we are at all times. So we're going to have an assembly at 9.30 in the gym. Uh, could, that, could that be you know, construed as giving too much information to somebody who didn't have the right idea? So um, I started to uh, become cognizant of that and just leave a lot of that stuff out. Um, and then in the district email um, that was specific just for the teachers, obviously I would let them know, okay, here are the couple things I'm not putting on the bacon blog this week because um, you know, I just I don't I don't want it out there either. Um, and then it's funny because we would have certain parents, not bad at all, but just they just they follow the thing, so they'd be there if we had like a, a two o'clock you know outdoor you know I don't know kickball game or something like that. we were just doing for the kids. You know, we'd have you know a few people show up, and uh, I think some of the teachers started getting a little annoyed with that because they're like, well, this isn't necessarily an event we were trying to get parents at. Like sometimes you just want to do things as a school, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you, how about you, Jess? Do you put like everything that you're doing out there when you're you're uh, for your parents to see? 
No, I don't. And even last year, like I never posted pictures because we didn't have that social media release form and I just was kind of nervous about it. Mm -hmm. So, but I did the backwards way that I posted things on our website and then I linked from the Facebook page to the website. Um, and I do post a lot of pictures on the website and I tell them it's my, the window into our world for them to see all the great things that I see. But, um, I try to, I don't know. I try, if there's an upcoming event that parents need to know about, I try to make sure to always have that on Facebook. Oh, it looks like I just saw a tweet from uh, Dr. Bill Brennan, who just recently finished his uh, dissertation, did a lot of work on uh, social media and connected uh, principles. So welcome to the show, Dr. Yeah. Brennan. Yeah. I enjoyed having that conversation with Bill when he Great. was doing his, his um, dissertation. Oh, you! I was, I was in that too. Yeah. That Very was fun. Cool. All right. So... How about we uh, sort of transition into one thing? Here's an idea, just an article that I read over the week. Uh, we have a section called Keeping Current. We have one article this week, and it may tie in with our social media because what if we uh, – here are some thoughts here. What if we had a four-day school week every Friday was PD? What do you think about that? And also, what role could social media play in that? Jessica. Oh. That is a, well, this big is a big question. question. There's <laughs> so many factors in that. Well, I mean, if you're going to, if you're taking away that school day, obviously the rest of the days have to increase in time or you're mm -hmm. having to have a longer school year because I know in Wisconsin, we still have to have 180 days. I right. have no idea what Jeff is doing right now. He's just distracting me. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what you're doing. Um, I can't multitask. Okay. Um, What's the question? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have to have 180 days, and then, and you also have to have a certain time requirement. So I'm not sure how you would pull off that last day. And then, if you're adding more days to the school year to be able to get that amount of time, does that mean teachers are working more days, and then they would also have to be compensated more days um, for having all of those PD days? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and then what do you do? You know, we we just had. Um, Paula or Peggy just brought up a huge thing, you know, so much to consider. One big huge thing is that the parents have to arrange childcare for that yeah. day. I, I know that would not work in my district. Mm -mm. That would not work. Peggy says they had early dismissal one day a week and got it by adding time to the other days so they could meet the time mm -hmm. requirements. Craig yeah. says they've already taken quite a hit already in our district. Hours cut back tremendously. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, it would be so, in a perfect world, it would be amazing to have an entire day every week of professional development, but I just don't think it's realistic. No, no. Not with everything that we have to do. And then, you know, and then you talk about each, the kids now have a three-day weekend. So as opposed to having two days between when they're going to school, now they have three days between when they leave school and they come back. And and if you're in a high poverty district, which this is this would yeah. be a concern for me, how many of them are not eating good meals or right. eating really much at all over the weekend? Um, so I, yeah. I, I want them in school. Absolutely. It's that fifth day is really important to a lot of those kids. Not, you know, just like you're talking, not just for education wise, but because they need it. Mm -hmm. They 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 physically and nutritionally need it. That's interesting. We're we're in a high poverty school. I thought about that, yes, from the teacher's perspective and all that, you know, it'd be awesome, phenomenal. But um from the, from the kids' perspective, um, it would definitely, I think, be troublesome. We experimented a little bit in the in the spring of last year. We had some extra money 
and uh, we tried the six day week where we brought kids in for half day on Saturday for like a Saturday oh. success program. Kids were awesome and they were there early. They loved it. The parents loved it. We could do different things. And it was kind of like a little bit test prep, but we were able to, uh, in my opinion, just increase the amount of time, you know, where kids are learning and they're engaged, uh, you know, but they say that in the future, you know, um, not all the learning is going to happen, you know, in the four walls, you know, the classrooms. So as far as blended and all this different stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into at a different time. Um, and I'm not exactly sure where elementary falls into place with that. So um, looks like we'll transition into our uh, fifth part of the segment tonight. And that is principles to follow. We'll start with Teresa. Why don't you give all us right. your principle to follow and why and where we can find them? My principle to follow is actually, we. for those of you who are listening that don't already know, uh, we had a an original episode that was not <laughs> played on TeacherCast TV, and it ended up, we tried to record it on our own, and it ended up just being a podcast of me the whole time because I thought that I had everybody's, long story short, we didn't end up using it. And um, I really feel like the person that I chose for my principal to follow during that first podcast is somebody that needs to be out. So whether or not that first episode ever gets re ever gets released, um, I need to give a shout out to Melinda Miller, who is my principal to follow. She is at mmiller7571 um, on Twitter, and she is wonderful. I know Jess is really close with her. She yep. has been a huge mentor. Um, she and Scott Elias started the Principal Podcast Movement, and um, she she's amazing. She's so she's, she's so open to sharing. Yeah, she's yep. awesome. So Melinda Miller is it for me. All right, Jessica. Well, like, uh, I think you have two. Now, if you're gonna, going yeah, I did. Well, I got I mean, good it. point. If we didn't, if we lost yeah. that first podcast, so that first podcast, if you don't ever hear that one, I gave a shout out to Kurt Reese, um, and I'll say. Melinda Miller is my Twitter mother because she got me on Twitter and Kurt Reese is my Twitter brother because he was for quite a, a while the only other Wisconsin principal on Twitter and we um, joined up and started Twitter evangelizing around the state to get people on Twitter, <laughs> Twitter um, so he I call him my Twitter brother and he is on the tech um, the Techlandia podcast um, he's getting his doctorate and like I don't know major tech education stuff and has a great blog um, and he um, his school has been a school of recognition in Wisconsin for RTI um, and he's just an all-around funny great guy with all kinds of great information um, and the other person I was going to share tonight um, is Amber Tiemann. Um she is on Twitter she is 8amber8 and she's actually an assistant principal but since I just wanted to share her out because um, Amber and I are presenting next week um, at IPLI um, and she has really great stuff on her blog as well which is called technicallytiemann.com but if you just find her 8amber8 on Twitter you'll um, get to her blog and those 8s are because she is obsessed with um, Oh my gosh, I totally just lost the name, and she's going to kill me for this. Uh, the football player from the Cowboys that she's obsessed with, his number's eight. Tony that Romo? Romo? Tony Romo? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. Cowboys. <laughs> oh my gosh. I she's going to she's gonna be so mad at me. And this is like, oh, oh he's, he's, he's the... He retired now? And yes, yes. Troy Aikman. Yes, Troy Aikman. Oh, yes. Troy Aikman. Yeah, the eight is for Troy Aikman, and she met him and blogged about that recently just for fun. 
That's cool. So right. if uh, Jessica is my Twitter mother, I don't know if you guys know that or not, and uh, she looks very young, though, doesn't she? And <laughs> and Kurt, it would be my Twitter father because um, he's awesome, and both of them were very, like, you know, instrumental in helping me get started out here. And then, so I guess we make Melinda Miller is now a grandmother. She really liked that the she, last time. She we does. So, and I'm going to keep doing We'll call her a godmother. <laughs> I think grandmother. But anyway, Twitter to the grandmother. So uh, this week, because I, I don't remember who I picked the first week, but the uh, person I'm going to pick this week, um, his name is Dwight Carter. He is. Um, Oh my goodness! I didn't at know. Dwight underscore Carter. Oh, I'm sorry. Carter. At, at Dwight underscore uh, Carter, and he's a definitely a 21st century uh, high school leader in uh, Ohio. He has um, this this new building that they just built uh, has a lot of information on that, and his blogs and um, his Twitter feeds, open classrooms, just uh, phenomenal. When you look when you see the work that he's done, and um, and I love his blogging because he's very philosophical with his blogs. Uh, he does uh, a lot of things that are uh, really deep, make you think about the things that um, are really important to not only being a leader but a person and uh, how you connect with teachers. So those are, or that is my uh, recommendation for the week. So as we wrap up, I uh, just want to thank uh, Teresa Stagger who is at Principal Stagger, and she is, please follow her blog at www.principalstagger.blogspot.com. You will learn a lot from her. She is phenomenal, whether she's sick, whether she is tired, um, whether she's playing an instrument, this woman knows how to lead a school. And then, of course, there's Jessica Johnson, <laughs> infamous at Principal J mother to myself uh, <laughs> has a phenomenal blog www.principalj.net I have stolen oh. so many different things from that blog you would <laughs> never even imagine it it would just basically like superimpose all her leadership ideas well I just steal right school. back from you that's <laughs> totally fine you can find me at Dr. Spike Cook uh, on Twitter and my uh, blog is drspikecook.com so uh, I'm sure somebody who's going to host next week will take the opportunity to get me back for all my little, um, you know, hosting nuances today. And I know I, open <laughs> I think show. it's going to be me because Jess is in here. Oh, that's I mean, right. unless you're okay with me popping in with Amber and Todd Whitaker with me. I think. Oh yeah, that would be horrible. Oh god. <laughs> would that be just Todd awful? Todd would be shifting <laughs> monkeys around. I don't. I don't know how to say like without bragging. Like I'll be having dinner with Todd Whitaker. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should. Well, we could talk. We could Vox about that. So, okay. and that's the other thing. If you're not on Voxer, get on Voxer. Uh, and the other person that I'd really like to thank, the silent partner in our um, experience here, is Jeffrey Bradbury, otherwise known as at TeacherCast. He is phenomenal. He is hosting our show, producing, editing. He also is part of the brainstorming team. And ladies, I mean, please say something great about this guy. He's amazing. He's spent so much time just trying to help us get this off the ground. He's put everything together. He tells us how to do it the right way <laughs> to make sure that it works right. <laughs> he sits here at 
9.30 to 10.30 Eastern time watching us laugh and be goofy on a Google Hangout. And, uh, and, and I think he almost enjoys it. So, <laughs> so thank you, Jeff. You're amazing. <laughs> we love you. And he can Vox like no other. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. I think he won the Voxing match yesterday. This week he totally did. I figure we'll give it to him because it's his first week on Voxer, so it's still new. The novelty hasn't yeah. worn off. But, Jeff, just an FYI, another 70-some Voxes in a day, and we're all going to have a chat. <laughs> Jeff. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everybody. This was episode two of the Principal Cast podcast, and we look forward to seeing you next week at the same time. If you want to connect with us, make sure you check out our blog at www.principalcast.com. Uh, email us, info at principalcast.com, or follow the hashtag, hashtag principalcast, and follow us on Twitter at principalcast. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com B-E.